Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Got each other on our side, plus all the folks at Fried the Burnout Podcast with Kate Donovan. You're listening to Season 6 of Fried, the Burnout Podcast with your host, Kate Donovan. Fried exists to hashtag end burnout culture, to help listeners release any shame, blame, guilt, or judgment that you have about burning out, and to create spontaneous moments of healing through recognition of shared humanity with other people who have experienced burnout and lived to tell the tale. Fried and its associated Facebook group are free resources provided for you from our hearts. Our paid work includes keynote speaking and one-on-one coaching. You can find information about that at katedonovan.com. And now, here is this week's Healing Packed episode. Hello, Fried fans! Do I have a special treat for you today? And mostly first, it's a special treat for me because I really want to have this conversation. I want to discuss the topic that we're going to get to today. And today we're going to be talking about your posture and how that affects your stress response system, your tendency toward burnout, your your ability to recover from burnout and more, your posture. We are on episode what 195, 201 something. It's we're around episode 200 of Fried the Burnout Podcast. And we haven't talked about this ever. So I am thrilled to introduce you to Aisha Tahir, who is an exercise physiologist on a mission to help desk-bound professionals live healthier lives. She is the founder of Tone and Strengthen, a corporate wellness company, and she has a new book coming out. The first word of the title is unhunched. I just want you to, I want you to immediately when you hear that word, I want you to sit up a little straighter, just right now, just go for it immediately. Aisha, thank you so much for being here today. Kate, thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. And you are absolutely right. As soon as I say unhunched, people just sit a little taller and straighter in their chairs. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. Half of my work is done. Exactly. Right. Just that one little, that one little tick. But first, as we do with every Fry the Burnout episode, we're going to start with your personal burnout story. So I'm going to create some space for that. I'm going to sit back and just listen. And then I'm going to dig in with all my little questions after. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to say, I think you and your guests are in for a treat here because I haven't been burned out once, but twice. So the first time was when I was working in corporate America as a programmer. Long hours, projects over projects, deadlines, and I had a young family too. Um, I was, um, my firstborn was like four years old. Um, So I had a lot of household responsibility or as uh, now I like to say, it, now that I'm wiser and older, looking back, I'm like, I put all that responsibility on myself, mm. right? I took it upon me. But I was, I was working like 17 hours. I would go to work 12 hours. You know, I had to be the good employee, had to do every project perfectly. 
Um, and then I would come home and then I had to be a perfect mom and a wife and, and a sister and a daughter. And so no time for myself, right? Nothing. I, I would ignore self-care. It got to the point where I, I had started having sciatic pain because I wasn't taking care of myself. Not at all. Not moving, not exercising. Um, I didn't even know about breath work back then, right? Um, so one morning I wake up and my foot is numb. My left foot is totally numb. I thought I'm having a stroke. Given my family's um, cardiovascular history from my dad's side, I was like, I think that that's probably it, right? I just worked out myself to this. I go to the ER and the ER physician, physician like, you know, they, they give me tons of tests and stuff, right? Because they're also like, what's going on? Um, so they keep me there for a couple of days. And after that, they're like, you have lower back pain and sciatica is your, um, is like a complication of that. So I, I, I still remember the physician coming to me and asking me, so I'm just curious, like, what do you do? And I told him like, I'm a programmer, a programmer. And he's like, um, okay, that makes sense. But still like, you know, what is your work routine like? And I tell him and he has his head in his hands and he's like, uh, okay, I mean, this all of this makes sense because you're sitting too much. Um, and then on top of it, you're, the way you're explaining your work, it's like, it's stress. Like there's a lot of stress involved in your work life, in your, you know, in your responsibilities at home. So when I had my um, second uh, son, uh, this is like four years into that episode of sciatic pain um I decided to step back from work for a bit and what happened was that I I became more active because you know I joined the gym in my hometown and I just became more active like around home moving more often and whatnot within six months my back pain was gone and you had a newborn and I had a newborn. Can you imagine? Yeah, I had a newborn. So let's I, talk about that. For, like you had a newborn and your back pain was less than when you were working in an office. Exactly. And, and yeah, with the babies, you know, like as a mom, you have to lift them. You, you, you have to carry them and all that stuff. Yes. But now, of course, I didn't have that constant deadlines and stress. I, and there is a balance there. I think there, there's plenty of stress for of new stress moms. Really yeah. Good. yeah. There's a certain amount of stress is really good for you. Yeah. But then at the same time, I, I just feel like my body was like, oh, I can breathe now. Right. I have this balance now. I'm in harmony. And, and when I just started embracing that harmony, it, and not only physically, but I saw, mental benefits and I'm gonna uh, and I shared this with my friends because that was my entry into this exercise field because what happened was now I had a stronger mindset hmm. I saw how I became a better leader at home I was 
able to help my kids with projects and um, and uh, engagements at school, which I wasn't do. I wasn't able to do that before. I was always so stressed out. I was like, no, there is no way I can sign up for ever that. Like you know, I have way too much on my plate. I remember saying that almost every single day in my corporate work. Yeah. Uh, but once I took that off the plate for a year, I was like, oh, I, I just feel better. And I have room to think now. I have room to breathe now. So the physical aspect that the lower back pain and within a year, the lower back pain was gone. Yeah. There are, of course, there is a system that I have developed because of what I went through and people would ask me and then I would put, uh, you know, uh, help people with that too. Um, and it was working. Um, but before even I developed the protocol, I had noticed all these changes on me. So what so, was the point where you were like, well... I'm going to just go ahead and move from programmer to exercise physiologist. Like it's one thing to a, a lot of people don't notice that they're even really feeling better because we don't pay attention to ourselves that much. So when we're feeling good, we assume that that's just the normal result of our lives. And when we feel bad, we think it's something outside of us that's causing a problem often. Right. So a lot of people don't take the time to even notice that they feel good. What was the moment for you where you were like, I feel so good. This has a lot to do with my body. Like, I'm just going to go all in here. Yeah, Kate, that's such a great question. And you're right. A lot of times we are not aware of what's happening within our body. So we're not really listening to the signals. And I think that's what was happening to me when I was in that repetitive stress mode, and which led to burnout and sciatic pain. What was happening was I wasn't listening to the signals. I, I, I'm sure my body was giving me those signals way ahead. But I had numbed myself to those signals till till I had to go to the ER and make sure like, you know, I'm not having a stroke. Um, yeah. So what and that's the beauty of it. When I started working out regularly. And I removed the excessive stress from my life. Now I had the room to understand and be in tune with my body. I think just the fact that I started working out and had to go through those structured workouts and I saw the change, physical uh, strength coming through and then mental strength as well. Then I was more in tune with my body. That's how I started picking, picking the signals. And the switch was, I want to say it was over two years, not really instant, but over the two years though. And then I didn't, I didn't go back to the desk job. I told my husband, I'm going to give this a try because I'm, I'm enjoying it. I, yeah. I like this. I, I don't think that going back to that desk job is such a smart idea for me at this time. I want to give it a try. Uh, and it was like almost like an experiment for me. I was like, okay, yeah, you know, I, I do. I like this. I like this um, body in motion. Uh, people are coming to me and asking me, what have you done? Like people would come to me, not just physically, but also they they were starting to see um, the leader in me shine, which wasn't there. Before that, I was, I was just hunched over and sitting and almost like, you know, more being uh, uh, more submissive and making myself small all the time. But now, all of oh, we're going to say that again. 
We have about 20,000 oh, people is, a this month. This is hard. This is yes. hard to admit publicly, though. I have to say. I know. But, but I was. I was. I was such a submissive. Just not knowingly. I didn't yeah. know that that's how I'm being perceived till till I got out of it. And people started noticing the positive change and they started complimenting me. Yeah. Right. Um, I joined Toastmasters, became yeah. a public speaker through them. Yeah. So people were noticing all these changes, but I would have never taken that step if I had remained in that job. I just yeah. feel like I don't think so. It would have happened. So it I want everybody happened. out there. I want the people listening. We have about 20,000 people a month listen to this podcast. So that means we have a lot of opportunity here. And I want, if you're listening right now and you have taken a submissive stance, a submissive posture in your life, whether by trauma response or by cultural response or by you just didn't want to speak up one day because you found out it wasn't worth it and you put your head down this is right like put your head down and go like if you if part of your burnout involved you just like putting your head down and pushing through something I want you to stop and think about what Aisha just said about this idea that that alone can change how you view yourself, how other people view you. So maybe you're making requests and trying to state boundaries, but people aren't listening to you because you are not in the position physically, actually physically in the position to be heard, right? This reminds me of Amy Cuddy's TED Talk, yes. right? If, if you haven't seen Amy Cuddy's TED Talk, it's C-U-D-D-Y. Um, it's something, the title in it has power, power pose or something like that in it i'll find it and put it, it in the show notes you make it Fake yeah it till you make it. right you yeah. have to create that th create that pose in your body and i have so many people that have gone through burnout that say like it was yoga that flipped me back around that helped me get back into myself well yeah yoga is one of those things that teaches you to pull your shoulder blades together and stand upright and drop your shoulders away from your ears and 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 so if you're out there and you've been interpreted interpreted by others as submissive so you've given in to that because it's easier think about how you're sitting and that means sit up straight right now <laughs> that means take a moment to unfurl yourself to unhunch yourself while you listen to the remainder of this there's a in um chinese face reading uh, one of my mentors who sadly passed away within the last year or two um, Lillian Bridges was a master face reader and she used to say that yes emotions cause wrinkles on your face you move your face and wrinkles happen but moving your face also causes emotions this is a closed circuit. And what we're saying here is the same thing. Your emotions can create a body shape in you, but your body shape can also contribute to the emotions. This is a closed cycle, right? Is that what we're saying right now?
Pride fam, I tell you in nearly every episode that step one of your burnout recovery is blood work. And I know that a lot of you avoid it because it's a pain and because your doctor has told you that everything is quote unquote fine. And they refuse to test all the things that you think you need. What if I told you that you could test what you want, when you want, from your home with just a couple of drops of blood? CyFox Health allows you to do just that. You can buy tests as one-offs or join a membership. Either way, you can test and track your results to help you make decisions about your burnout recovery journey. Get 10% off any membership, subscription, or one-time test kit right now. Go to cyfoxhealth.com forward slash fried for your discount. That's S-I-P-H-O-X health.com forward slash fried. It is, it is, it is. And you got that right. So when you have an open posture, which for me, it started happening because I started working out more regularly and it was a structured workout. But you're, so 93% of the communication is through body language. So is your body language set up for success or not, right? Yeah. So when you are hunched over, making yourself small, having that defensive posture where you're closing your heart chakra, as we call it in yoga. I'm a yoga practitioner too. Practitioner too. Um, so when you do that now, that's that's a depressive stance. Mm. That's telling the other people, people are perceiving you as someone who is under stress. Right? Oh, you guys, this is just so obvious and so when I am on this side and I'm being the quote unquote host my goal is to bring in the energy of my listeners and ask the questions that I think that they need the answers to and I'm I'm reacting from myself and I'm also reacting from what I know my listeners are going to write to me because I know them Now, I know they're going to be like, ah, oh, my God. (laughs) Right. And so the thing that I'm thinking about now is you have these protocols, you have these things. There's going to be a book soon. I'm not sure exactly when this comes out. So when the book comes out, May, May, May. and so first week of May. Great. And so we released this episode the first week of the second week of April. So within just a couple of weeks, you'll have access to the book. I'm thinking about how when you're burnt out, you can't really, Some a lot of people are so fatigued that exercise is sort of out of the question. Like when I was burnt out, I had a four minute walk from my tram stop to my apartment in Prague and I couldn't do it. I had to stop halfway up and take a break. I am a lifelong athlete. I was a competitive gymnast. I was captain of my field hockey team. I play golf. I cross country ski for six days at a time in the middle of the woods from hut to hut. I row three times a week. I'm like, I'm an athlete. And I could not walk up a hill. So for people that are in the depths of burnout and are just utterly exhausted What are some of the easiest things that they can start doing to at least 
I was going to say inch toward because that's we use inch as a verb, but I want to say millimeter toward because I want to make it even smaller than an inch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So let me give you the tips. And then I want to debunk this concept of what you just said, that I was so fatigued that I couldn't go and work out, right? Even that four minute walk was heavy, right? Because that's what where a lot of my clients are coming to me. And they're coming to me with shoulder pain or neck pain and lower back pain. And then when we start, you know, just looking into the history as in what's their work routine, like same, they are just fatigued. Fatigue is the word I think I hear the most during the day. Mm -hmm. So three steps you can take right away at this time. First, take slow, deep breaths for five minutes a day. That's it. Okay. Doesn't have to be all day. Doesn't have to be an hour of slow breathing. Five minutes. Just five minutes. Okay. We're going to take a step back from that for a moment because there are people for whom a deep breath will create a trauma response. There are people who cannot take a deep breath without going into panic. So there, if you cannot do that without feeling actually unsafe, then should you still spend time breathing and just do it to where is comfortable for you? Like where, what's the... Yes. Let me rephrase it, actually. And I'm very much aware of uh, the symptoms that the people face, um, especially like panic response. So we don't want that. Practice slow breathing. So what's happening is when we are under tension and stress, work stress, and then posture as well, because posture, when we have this rounded shoulder posture or hunched over posture, it's literally we are collapsing our lungs and our Mm -hmm. diaphragm. So our breath is stopping at our chest level, not really going down. So it's shallow, it's shallow breathing. So we want um, slow breathing. So I would still suggest that you spend five minutes just tuning in with your breath and slowing it down. Okay. Okay. Um, So the best is to be either in a standing position or to lie down on the ground. If you can, if you're not in the office, you know, (laughs) you can at home. Uh, Why we like it. We like the clients to be lying down with their knees bent and feet on the ground because now we're not fighting gravity and gravity is a big component uh, when it comes to posture. It, It is explained well in my book. So, Oh, but what happens is you want to be able to feel your abdomen rise and fall and just slow down the breathing. I, what, what, with five minutes, now you're more in tune with your body. That's it. Okay. So that's tip number one. All tip right. number two is to take two-minute movement break every 30 minutes. That's it. Two minutes. Go to the bathroom. Go get water. You know, if you're at home or go to the water cooler, you're in office, go walk around the hallway. And and I know a lot of my clients are like, no, 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 no. We don't have time for that. We don't, we don't have two minutes. <laughs> yes, we don't have two minutes. And so this is what I tell them. 
I'm like, I understand you want to be productive. You want to get most of your work done in the shortest period of time. But the thing is that when you walk away for two minutes and you come back, you're going to be more productive. Why? Because your circulation, blood circulation increases, your oxygen circulation increases. You're mentally giving yourself a break. Just two minutes. I'm not even asking like for five minutes or 10 minutes anymore. This is like two <laughs> minutes. It's proven. Back to Dr. Amy Cuddy's talk, right? Yeah. What did they research? They researched that holding power poses for two minutes. It increases your testosterone, which is your power hormone, and your, decreases your cortisol, which is your stress hormone. So now same concept, movement does that too. You go and walk to the water cooler and come back in two minutes, you're doing the same thing. Your cortisol levels are lower, your testosterone is higher, your oxygen levels are higher. Now tell me that you're not gonna be productive. And then that's yeah, I think sometimes the question is, uh, you know, I have things to do. The other times the question is, I know, sometimes my husband who works in a corporate office has six hours of back to back calls with zero break. And some of those calls, some of those hours are triple booked. So he has within six hours. 15, 16 meetings. He yeah. literally doesn't have two minutes. And I talk about this in my book too. And yeah. my clients come to me with this same concern. Yeah. I'm so glad you're asking that because take walking meetings. Every other meeting should be a walking meeting, right? Walk inside the office or outside, you know, if the weather is permissive. Yeah. So, um, and I'm on a mission to change this wellness culture, um, to bring this wellness culture to the corporate US because I want, the managers and C-suite level executives to understand that having that two minutes every 30 minutes, it's going to be good for them and it's going to be good for the employee. Yeah. So that back-to-back -back first shouldn't happen. But if it's happening, <laughs> take, take your next meeting outside. Yeah, right. And I think there should be a company-wide policy of having at least one or two meetings a day as walking meetings. Yeah. But now, especially since the pandemic, the issue with that is so many meetings happen like the one we're having now on Zoom. I can't do this as a walking meeting right now. It's not that's not physically possible. Well, I could if I had a desk space that allowed for a treadmill underneath it, but I don't. Um, and so this is something like like there are so many requirements now to be on video that that's another challenge. I'm pushing back a lot and I know I'm pushing back a lot. I'm not trying to be a pain in the ass. What I'm trying to do is, is listen to what I know that my listeners are like, ah, but I can't do that because, and to try and find at fried, one of our biggest rules is if something seems too big and too hard, make it smaller until it fits. So whatever, if it just means that you are going to stand up at the beginning of your next meeting and you can't even march, then stand, right? So the the whole, my whole sort of goal here is to, how do we break this down? I know it sounds to you like two minutes is an acceptable thing to do, but you don't work in an office anymore. So for the people that are stuck in offices and are stuck on Zoom, like how do we make it doable for them? I agree with you. And that's... Yeah. And again, my um, um, uh, the tips that I give, there are certain different levels, right? Yeah, of course. Whatever level uh, is suitable, because I want to meet my client where they are. Yeah. And not everyone is at that same position. So the last tip was going to be that invest in a standing desk. Mm. Um, you don't have to invest like 
hundreds of dollars or thousands of dollars in a hydraulic desk. Just go for a sit, sit to stand converter. It's called sit to stand converter. There are many of them out there on Amazon. They're super like, you know, economical. And what it does, it's, it changes your current setup into a standing desk. Okay. So yeah. whatever Which it is, doesn't fit have, in my can, office. You can keep on using. <laughs> um, and it does. It comes in many sizes now. No, too. I have a shelf right here. Mm. I have a shelf just above my desk. So uh, there's nowhere for it to go. Okay. If I stand up, I'm looking at my shelf, which is too high okay. for a computer, but too low f- to put anything underneath it, you know? Mm. So mm. I might have to put it somewhere else in my house. Yeah, maybe like a countertop. You yeah. Know. And the other thing about that is it's actually good if you put it somewhere else, because now this could be your sitting spot. And you could move to like another that. room or another space in your house um, um, and have like a standing setup there. Yeah. So a lot of people think that when they invest in a standing desk, now they have to stand for 12 hours or 10 hours or whatever, you know, amount yeah. of work they're doing. And that's not it because you're right. going to get plantar fasciitis. Okay. <laughs> I, I mean, that's, that's, the, that's it. Like, because... Because in pandemic, a lot of my clients were coming to me with plantar fasciitis, and I'm like, okay, so what what, did, what changed? And they would tell me, oh, we invested in a standing desk like three months ago. <laughs> so now they're standing on hardwood floor without anything. Like, you know, they're not wearing shoes on anything. Do you recommend those um, those like pads like they would use yeah. in, in foot, kitchens? Uh, yeah, yeah. Foot pads yeah. Foot, um, or, or mats. Yeah. yeah. The padded mats, or you can have good sneakers on, um, which are flat, but padded. Um, but what you do is it's half the time. So divide your work time into half, half of the time you want to stand, half of the time you want to sit and not in succession, like one hour sitting, one hour standing. So you swap back and forth um, because we want to change our body positions. Okay. Also sit on the floor if you can. Yeah. Take some meetings on the floor. So the reason I uh, bring up the sit to stand converter is because that also can also be used as a floor desk. So sit cross-legged like you would do in a dojo or yoga studio. Yeah. Uh, sit cross-legged on the floor for 15 to 20 minutes. Of course, given you don't have any knee or hip issues or ankle issues, but it's good for your body because why? It takes your joints from that full range of motion, which doesn't happen on a chair. Our joints are stuck in half range of motion. And that's part of the reason why our muscles become so tight when we are sitting on a chair versus sitting on a floor. Now you're going from through that full range of motion. And every time you get on and off the floor, you're using different muscles. I love it. So those are a few tips. And now I want to talk about why. Why do we talk about the posture and stress and why is it? fatiguing us. So there are a couple of things that are going on there. And um, one of them is that there is a postural stress loop that we go through. So when we have good posture, we have good alignment, right? So we have symmetry in the human frame. So you breathe better, you know, you're going to have less stress, uh, not just mentally, but physically too. However, when we shift our frame forward, where our shoulders are rounded, head is forward, right? Now the body becomes distressed. 
your muscles start getting tight and stressed out. And not every muscle, but the muscles that are in the front of our body mostly are really stressed out. Now, this results in sympathetic dominance, we say. So it's a condition where our body's automatic operating system is working in overdrive. Okay. And that leads to many, many physical symptoms like poor sleep, GI issues. We talked about breathing earlier, like panic breathing, sensitivity to light or sound. And this is just, you know, I'm just touching. This the is head. just the beginning. Yeah. We we yeah, talk about that yeah. a lot. We talk about this a lot on Friday. So my listeners are well versed. Very much familiar. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. But why? Deep down, physiologically, what's happening? What's happening is that when you have poor posture, the stress center in our brain, which we call the red nucleus, that responds to the physical poor posture and activates the sympathetic nervous system. Now, sympathetic nervous system activates when we are in danger, okay? So if you had a saber-toothed tiger standing in front of you, you know, your sympathetic nervous system would kick in and the red nucleus would prepare you to either uh, fight the tiger or, mm -hmm. or run away from it. But, but of course, I mean, this is our primal brain, right? Right. Acting. Uh, and when you are working on your uh, desk uh, on the project or deadline, it's not a saber-toothed tiger, but you're imagining the stress, right? You're imagining creating the stress response because your brain thinks, oh, maybe she has to fight this. She has to fight this deadline, right? So let's get her ready for fight or flight. I just don't know how else to save this person. So it's imminent that, you know, whatever, even if it's an imagined danger, you're your brain is going to respond physio physiologically that way. So now you have your shoulders slouched, head forward. Um, it's going to stimulate the same response. And we have done, uh, many biomechanists and exercise scientists have been working on this. They have measured uh, physiologic response. And the physiologic response of somebody working like this for half an hour in a hunched over posture is the same their breathing rate increases, their heart mm -hmm. rate increases, and they're not mm -hmm. doing any physical activity, if you, yeah. you can imagine, right? It's just typing, right? But it's going through the same fight or flight response that you would go through if you had a snake on the trail in front of you. And now we are doing this for 12 hours. We're not doing it for just half an hour and then relaxing our body, taking it out of the stress zone letting it rejuvenate, coming back, which I call the muscle stress cycle. So what's happening is now our muscles are stressed out for 12 hours. Now you come home, you sit down on the chair again to, to eat dinner. You sit down on the couch to watch TV, right? It's not coming out of that fight or flight. And that is why you are fatigued and you're like, I can't, I can't walk to the train station anymore. Like, I can't even imagine going to the gym at this point. Yeah, and you this, shouldn't. Yeah. Honestly, you shouldn't because you will yeah. get in injured. It increases exactly. the in injury yeah, rate. Exactly. For me during that time, I mean, I was a full-time acupuncturist, so I was not sitting at work. I was running from room to room all day. I hadn't sat down in, and I was a waitress and bartender before that. So I hadn't sat down in for extended periods of time in 
well over a decade and a half. Um, so that I was, I didn't have a lot of that hunched over time the way that a normal or office worker would. I have it a lot more now as a podcaster and a speaker and a writer because I spend a lot more time at the computer than I ever have in the past. Um, but during that time, I believe that my fatigue was very much related to ATP production in my body and, you know, mitochondrial production. I had some sort of, there was some sort of physiological stuff happening dietary wise, et cetera, et cetera. That, that was just, I wasn't, even if I wanted to move, I wasn't given the energy for it. Um, and I, the red nucleus, I'm now I'm now I'm looking it up as we're talking about it because I'm like the red nucleus. How come I haven't talked about I I literally have been studying stress for 7 years and I we don't talk about this red nucleus very much. Yeah, so it's the sympathetic center of, of the brain. It it's just a, um like a nickname for that. Um but that's where the stress response starts when we are under we go through the fight or flight oh that's interesting i didn't learn it that way yeah i didn't learn it so, that way it says it says some here yeah. that it's primarily involved in limb control yes especially during reaching limb. it's the limb yeah yep yeah limbic yeah. system yep it creates um it's the limbic system as you as you would uh imagine that yeah. when you're getting ready to run right Right, right. So oh, that makes sense. Yes, yes, yes. That makes sense. Your calves, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, okay, got and it. Your chest muscles get tight, so that's yeah, that makes sense. System. Exactly. Got exactly. it. Oh, exactly. but there's okay. The structure that is not part of the limbic system is the red nucleus, is the rostral midbrain. I'm gonna have now. I have to go down to neuroscience. Yeah, I, I know. I know. Now I have right? to go down to neuroscience. I mean, I've been talking neuroscience nonstop for two years, so now I'm like, ooh, I have to go date. But that that's not for now. That can be for later. Yeah. Um. What I'm thinking about now is, and the thing that I, I want people to be holding, right? Every episode of Fried is designed to create a, a moment of healing for people. And I think that there's been a few of those already today. Just this word unhunched, I think is a critical moment of healing. Um, this idea that there are three basic tips that you can use is healing. And I think this idea that there is this feedback loop that the the there is a closed circle between how your body is shaped at any particular moment in time and how your body is feeling at any particular moment in time. I think those three things are like big, massive aha moments for myself and for everybody listening. So I'm really happy to hear those. What is it that you, I know you said earlier that if you can, what would love to get into corporations and like convince them that these two minutes are important. And I hear that I would love them to, I would love them to agree with you and change everything immediately. What are you hoping for with the release of your book? So I'm hoping that the message of uh, having a good posture and how you can position your body language for success, and not only for physical health, but mental health too, B because yeah. that's the original idea behind me stepping away from the programming job and going into yeah. this field. 
when I started writing, I was thinking, oh, I, I'm only going to talk about posture and lower back pain or neck pain and shoulder pain because that's what I treat for my with my clients. But I'm going to share a story with a pseudonym of one of my clients. It's in the book, too. So Jason it was one of my clients and he came to me with right shoulder pain because, you know, he was mousing a lot, right? Um, and uh, this particular episode, when he came to me the weekend before he had painted his baby's nursery. So now his shoulder that was already stressed out had gone through an extreme amount of stress and it couldn't take it. So he had rotator cuff um, injury um, and I was helping him with that. And so we started talking and he told me that he's up for a promotion for the last three years at his corporation. He was a marketing manager and he's up for the CMO role. But every year at the evaluation um, meeting, they would tell him he's not ready. Yeesh. Right. And, and he had severe like literally uh, rounded shoulder posture, which led to the rotator cuff injury. So we worked together. I mean, I worked with him in eight weeks, his pain was gone. And then he stayed with me for another 12 weeks because he was feeling good. He's like, oh, I feel better when I'm doing this corrective exercise program with you and coaching with you. So I want to stay. I'm like, okay. So I tried to stay in touch with my clients and um, I did a check-in two months after we were done with our um, relationship. And I asked him, hey, Jason, so what's going on? You know, anything new? And he said, I got the promotion mm -hmm. because he corrected his posture. So the mind-body connection is so strong. And that's what my hope is for this book and this cause and this message that people become more aware of the fact how your body also feeds your mind. Yeah. We know that, you know, the mind is feeding the body, but it's the other way around as well. And you can use your posture, your body language for success, not just physically, not just to be pain-free, but also to step into the greatness of your own being. Amen. That's a beautiful place to wrap it up. What a beautiful sentiment to share with people. Now I know that, you know, everybody's sort of wiggling their spine straight <laughs> again, which I think is a good thing. So if there there are people out there that are like, um, I need to work with her yesterday, where should they find you? Yeah, so they can go first. If you want to connect with me, I'm very active on LinkedIn. That's the best way to reach me because okay, I'm, I'm there. Uh, but also you can go on toneandstrengthen.com and there's a contact form and you can reach me through there. All right. So LinkedIn, that will be in the show notes and toneandstrengthen.com will be in the show notes. The link to um, pre-purchase, pre, is that what it's called? Pre-order, pre-purchase, pre-order. The book will be in the show notes for you. I can't wait to hear the conversation that happens on the other end of this podcast episode. I can't wait for all of you who are in the Facebook group to tell me what you're going through and what you're and how tired you are from trying to sit up straight because your muscles need some work and some conditioning to keep you upright because they've not been doing the right things for a long time. I can't wait to hear 
what you think about this. I'm so excited to share it with you. Aisha, thank you so much for sharing this very interesting perspective on how we can lessen stress factors in our body. I think it's just fabulous. Oh, thank you, Kate. It's an honor. It's really is an honor to be on the show and to chat with you. Thanks for having me. All right, Fried Fam, that wraps it up. Be good to yourselves. Until next time. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Ain't gonna burn ourselves out no more. Got each other on our side, plus all the folks at Fried the Burnout Podcast with Kate Donovan.